Hey there, Fletch from All Things Overlanding here. Today, I'm going to be talking about something that actually one of my listeners on the podcast kind of brought up um, as a potential topic for a future podcast, and I thought it was kind of cool. But that topic is, what is it like after an overlanding trip is done? You know, there's so much buildup, there's so much excitement and thought and pre-planning and time that goes into an overlanding trip, but then when it's done... You know, a lot of people, especially people that listen to my podcast, I feel like are pretty new and maybe they haven't done a real big overlanding trip or anything longer than a, you know, a couple nights into a national forest. So, you know, what's that like when you do a longer trip and you build up and you do all this stuff and then kind of what are the emotions that you go through at the end? So just something to kind of prepare you for that, right? Like to give you an idea from people that have done that sort of thing before. Um, you know, I've not been on any like multi-month cross-border overland you know, trips. So this will be my experience. But, you know, the same sort of feelings apply when you finish up any sort of long distance trip that you planned a lot for. So thank you to Jason, the listener on the podcast. He actually shared his uh, story on Facebook and I read through the whole thing. It was really fascinating to kind of see, you know, again, those emotions that come through. So again, that's going to be the topic today. I'm going to try and keep it pretty short, but talk a little bit more about, you know, all that build up and then kind of how the trip happens and then what it's like when it's over um, to prep you guys. So again, I hope that's helpful for you and let's get into it. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, so as I mentioned in the intro, today we're going to be talking a little bit about like kind of what goes into planning an overlanding trip, you know, what that's like, what all causes this buildup, right, and, and how exciting that is and kind of why that is, and then kind of what happens after the trip, right? Um, so let's kind of start at the beginning of that, right? Like what goes into planning an overlanding trip? And I'm not talking about the specifics and going step-by-step step of that sort of thing, but just kind of talking about the emotions, right? The feelings, the things that you have to do and kind of how those can kind of compound and they make it so exciting, right? Like I personally have said this before a million times, but for me, sometimes the planning of the trip and like the building out of the spreadsheets and all the stuff I'm going to take and kind of thinking through the stuff I want to see and the stuff I want to do, that can almost sort of be as exciting as the trip in a lot of ways. Obviously, nothing ever compares to like the beautiful sights you're going to see and maybe the sketchy wheeling that you're going to do or, you know, that kind of thing. But to some degree, it is a lot of fun. Like I can kind of live vicariously through my future plans for weeks leading up to a trip. So um, I know like personally right now, I have a trip coming up on July 23rd. It is, as I'm recording this, July 6th. And last night I started my spreadsheet. So, you know, for the next couple, two, three weeks, I'm going to be planning for stuff. I'm going to be thinking through my gear. I'm going to be thinking about what I need to pack, what I need to take. You know, what am I going to need for that trip? What are the plans? What are we doing? Um, and that's really, really exciting, right? So, like, from an emotional standpoint, again, last night I could have just watched TV, could have played some Xbox, could have done something. But instead, I decided to spend some time. Uh, actually, I put on Alone in the background on uh, Netflix. They've got season eight right now. But the Alone show that I could kind of keep in the background, and then I started thinking through my setup. 
up for this trip in a few weeks. Um, but so again, you just, there's all that excitement. It's so much fun to think through that stuff. And you know, it starts to build the closer you get to that trip. Um, so I build a spreadsheet. I start thinking through that again. I, you know, in this case, I'm actually kind of going on a, one of those guided overlanding tours with a company called Wannabe Overland. Um, they lead a bunch of different groups through Daniel Boone Backcountry Byway down in Kentucky. They lead a bunch of groups through uh, Hoosier National Forest. So focusing mostly on newbie overlanders. But so again, it's going to be an awesome event where there's going to be a ton of people that maybe haven't even done it before. People that are just starting out where I was four or five years ago. And I love seeing that stuff because again, you know, I happened to have some good experiences when I first started, but it was like random just going with people that I'd never met before and had no idea if they were going to be helpful or if we were going to get along or what. Um, so I'm really excited about this trip for that reason. But so those emotions go into it too, right? Like who are you going with? Are you going by yourself? Sometimes that can be really exciting or a little scary. Um, if you're going with a group, is it going to be fun? Is, is everybody going to hit it off? Are they going to, you know, get along? Are they going to have a good time? Or does everybody have the same sense of humor as you? Can you be funny and raunchy? Like what, how is this trip going to go, right? But again, all that prep, it all builds up. So you're, you're thinking through your gear. You're thinking about where you're going to go. You're thinking about what you're going to see, who you're going to hang out with, all that stuff as that starts to build up. Then as time goes on, you know, in my case right now, specific example, I have my bed rack off my truck. I have my rooftop tent off my truck. I have my awning off my truck. I have a lot of stuff taken off my truck. I just finished up the Red Arc uh, electrical install on my truck, and there'll be videos and stuff coming on that here soon. But uh, that is done. So now on this trip, I will get to use my dual battery setup. I'll get to use my, you know, sort of smart controls. I'll have my temperature controls so I can see what my fridge is at on my phone. Um, if I'm lucky enough to get my new rack by this trip, I'm gonna try my best to get that installed, put the rooftop tent up there, get that all wired up. So there's a ton of stuff that I have to do. So not only do you have to plan from like a food standpoint, from a gear standpoint, not only are you getting excited and thinking about who you're gonna go with, but then there's also generally maintenance stuff you have to do to your vehicle. There's modification stuff that you may wanna do. Again, for a lot of us, we don't get to go on these three month long trips four times a year, right? Like we have jobs and stuff. So this one's just a two nighter. It's just a, a couple nighter to Hoosier National Forest. But even so, I still want to like try and get my rack on. I want to get my rooftop tent back on. I want my awning back on. I want all my lights wired up. I want to be able to fully utilize my Red Arc stuff. Now that I've got the Red Arc stuff in there, I kind of, that helps me settle my setup. So now I've got to think through where's all my stuff going to go. I still have not figured out my setup in this frontier, in this truck for where everything's going to go. So, you know, I've got a lot of thinking to do. And then once stuff starts to arrive, I'm going to have a ton of building to do and assembling to do and putting the rack on and figuring out where everything goes. So, you know, there's there's a lot of excitement around that, but then there's also a lot of trepidation, right? Like I'm also thinking like, oh crap, what if it doesn't come? What am I going to do? What's my backup? That kind of thing. Um, so, you know, maintenance, modifications, that kind of thing can also be big stuff that can you know lead up and, and get you really excited or also cause a lot of stress right as you get closer and closer to the trip so those are kind of the things that that lead you into a trip so then let's touch on the trip itself a little bit and then we'll touch on the kind of the emotions and the the after uh part of the trip when it's done hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So for the actual trip itself, right? Like then generally, let's assume that, you know, everything went well. You got all your stuff 
assembled, you know, all your maintenance done, you got everything on the truck, you got all your gear packed up, you know where it is, um, you didn't forget anything, you didn't forget food or beer or whatever, um, you're ready to go on the trip, you go out, you meet up with the people, they're awesome, you're, you're ready to go and you're excited, right? That's how it starts. Then, generally, at least in my experience, most of the time I'm going to a place that I've never been to before. So, you know, but the cool thing is because we are overlanders and we're connected and we've got GMRS radios and things like that, we've got all this gear, you can sort of, you know, shoot the shit on the radios when you're when you're driving along. You can be talking about where you're going to go. You can be talking about what you want to do. You know, when do you want to get to camp? That sort of thing. So that excitement kind of just builds and builds and builds until you start to go on the trip and then it's just non-stop fun and excitement but also a lot of effort and work and you know if people get stuck recoveries can take hours sometimes if it's really bad you may have mechanical issues i almost set up set my brakes on fire one time because i was in west virginia and it was really hilly and i didn't realize how much i was using my brakes and all of a sudden white smoke was pouring out of the back so that can slow down a whole convoy and stop a trip in its tracks and again with the actual trip itself there's the fun there's some stress there's laughter there's funny stories that are going to come out of it right so as you're doing this this trip you're going to have experiences that most people won't have in their lives which is really really cool about overlanding it's probably one of my favorite things that is largely overlooked i feel like Like everybody wants the beautiful views everybody wants to get your instagram shots right everybody wants to shoot an epic video if you make youtube videos um to show people how cool this place was but the stuff that happens in between all that is the actual like awesome, important, cool stuff. Um, I'll give you a funny example. I'll give you a funny story that happened not too long ago. And I don't know if uh, Cody, the guy from Wannabe Overland, would want me to share this or not, but it's really funny. And it's something that we will probably always laugh about for the rest of our lives. Um, We randomly did not have time to plan, didn't have time to do anything like midday on a Friday. uh, Cody texted me and he's like, hey buddy, uh, I'm going to Hoosier National Forest tonight. Not sure if you're available or not, but if you want to come hang out, bring some beer and let's hang out. And so I asked the wife and she was like, yeah, sure. It was like early spring, a little late winter, early spring. Um, so it was it was still pretty chilly out. I planned to bring my diesel heater. So I threw my diesel heater in the back. I, you know, I had my rooftop tent and everything. I was ready to go. So I head out. I get down there. We start to set up. We start to chop up firewood. It is pretty chilly. So we want to have a good fire going. And as I'm starting to kind of unpack my stuff and, and start to go through, you know, my gear and stuff, I realized that I brought the diesel heater, but I didn't bring the, like, the box for it with all the plugs and the, you know, the hose to actually run it up into my rooftop tent. And I'm like, you know what? It's fine. I got a zero degree bag and a wool blanket. I'll just tough it out tonight. I'll be okay. So then we, you know, we keep cooking stuff. We kind of cook. We kind of have the rest of our night. And, um, and then I open up the rooftop tent and I start to look in there and I'm like, oh no, I left my ladder at home. So I have my rooftop tent, no diesel heater. I don't have my ladder. I've had several beers, so I am worried that I'm going to have to get up and down and up and down. And, you know, especially in an inebriated state, climbing down from the rooftop tent with no ladder multiple times throughout the night in the dark and the freezing cold. Not ideal. So I'm like, hey, buddy, uh, Cody uses a gazelle tent. I'm like, what if I grab my mat, my pad, my four inch mattress pad from my rooftop tent and throw it in your tent? Cause you've got a diesel heater too. And that way I'll be warm and you can, you know, you can share the side of my nice comfy mattress and I can share your diesel heater. And he's like, of course he doesn't want me to die. So he's like, sure. Right. And I snored the whole night through and he was like, dude, you kept me up all night. You snored all night. We had to share a tent. It was super awkward. Right. Like I'm like, sorry, but you know, I, Again, without doing these things, without making these friends, without going on these trips, 
that was due to me not being prepared. You know, when you're prepared, other stuff happens, right? There's always something that you can't foresee that's going to happen. But again, that story is something that I'm going to remember forever. And I think it's hilarious. And I feel bad for him that I kept him up all night. And he probably would have slept like a baby if I had remembered my stuff. But because I forgot my stuff, he didn't get to sleep. Um, so anyways, apologies, Cody. Sorry about that. But, uh, you know, that's the kind of stuff that happens on a trip, right? The, the mechanical breakdowns, the recoveries, the funny stories, the jokes that are told, the friendships that are made, the connections that are sort of concreted through that shared experience are really awesome. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. So then finally, let's kind of wrap this up with the after the trip. Like, like what happens after the trip, right? What are the emotions that go through your head? Um, you know, again, I'm going to try and tie this because that the Jason guy that, that kind of had the idea for this, he had gone on like a really long trip, like a week or two long trip. Um, so I'm going to try and tie this to some of my longer ones. Like my West Virginia trip was like a four-day, four-night trip. Um, it was amazing, beautiful scenery. Again, I'd never been in any of those places before, never seen any of those locations before. Um, learned a lot about my truck, saw a lot of cool things, made good friends with with guys that I went with. It was, it was just overall a great time and a great learning experience, honestly, for me, because it was one of the earlier trips that I took when the Xterra was still mostly stock. I didn't have a roof rack or rooftop tent or any of that sort of bougie gear at that point i was just tent camping um but you know we went for four days we saw all these amazing sites and then you have to drive 10 hours home right so we my trips typically are like long hidden the trails kind of trips like from seven eight o'clock in the morning until like five six seven o'clock at night sometimes later because we always want to try and hit as many trails as possible um, but as a result, like you're exhausted, right? Like you don't think about it because you're driving a car. It's not like you're hiking miles and miles, right? But it's just the stress of the, the, the brakes almost setting on fire, the, you know, the trails and getting stuck and trying to avoid obstacles and making sure you're keeping your vehicle safe so that you can make the 10 hour trip home, right? All that stuff sort of piles up and you do it day after day after day. And you don't know where you're going. So there's that little bit of stress too. So then on the way home, it's a 10-hour drive. Well, one, it's ex you're exhausted, you're tired, you got to stay awake, right? It's a, it's a dangerous situation sometimes. So sometimes you have to deal with that a little bit. There's the mental game of like staying awake, staying interested, but then all that stuff starts running through your mind too. So you start to think back through the trip. You start to remember the, some of the funny stuff that happened. You remember some of the awesome stuff that happened. Um, you know, in my case, generally, I'm thinking like, how am I going to edit this? How am I going to tell a story about this? Like, what was cool and unique about this that other people might want to see that might encourage them to go check out West Virginia or Kentucky or the Hoosier National Forest or wherever? Um, but so all those thoughts are kind of going through your head. But at the same time, you're crashing, right? Like you're getting tired. You're exhausted. You're drinking energy drinks to make sure that you stay awake so you can get home or coffee or whatever. Um, and you're just sort of slowly crashing. And then when I get home, I know a lot of the times I'm usually exhausted. I'm usually, but I'm, I'm also like jazzed, right? Like I get out and I want to show my, my wife and my kids like the videos, the pictures that I took. I want to tell them the funny stories that happened when I was on that trip. And, you know, there's just, there's, there's like these competing emotions of like exhaustion and, and being tired and not wanting to do anything. And then I'm also a little OCD. So then I'm also like, but I want to get all this stuff out of my truck. I want to open everything up. I want to get the smoky smell out of everything. I want to put my gear back where it goes so I don't lose it or have it sitting in my garage for the next three months. Um, 
But so there's just a lot of like mixed emotions at the end. But you know, overall, what I want to kind of end this with is that it's all really good, right? Like, even though it's exhausting, even though once it's over, you're really sad kind of because it's like, again, that West Virginia trip that I'm still talking about was like three years ago. And I haven't been on one that long or that far away since. Like, I've been on a bunch of three-nighters or two-nighters or, you know, Hoosier National Forest overnight camping trips. But I haven't been on like a sort of a planned out 10 hour plus away big long overlanding trip in quite a while so you know there is some sadness there but there are also those memories and they they really stick with you so while it is a little sad and while it is a little exhausting and while you may come back and have broken stuff or have to do repairs or have to you know get new gear or you realize you have holes in your setup overall i think the emotions are are, are totally awesome and you you come out of it with a lot of excitement and a lot of desire to do it again right do better next time um, so those are kind of my thoughts on it, but what are your guys' thoughts? I'd love to hear from you in the comments below. Post up down below and tell me about your longest trip. Tell me about great experiences you've had or bad ones, right? Um, also, down in the description below, as always, links to Facebook, Instagram, the podcast if you're on YouTube, YouTube if you're on the podcast. Um, I'd love to have you guys wherever you want to hang out. There's also a Patreon page. We've got a Discord where we can all kind of chat, and that's kind of starting to grow a little bit too. And then there's the Newbie Overlanders group, which there's a link to that down below as well. Love to have you in there as well. So again, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Look forward to seeing you guys in the comments, and we will talk to you next time.